Amen. You may be seated. Good morning and welcome to the house of the Lord as we worship together this morning. Um, as we begin, we have just a few um, announcements. Make sure that you read there about the mission opportunity um, to help serve um, Cardinal Village in this Christmas season, um, as well as about our opportunity to help serve at House of Hope here in December. Um, I believe you all are still looking for somebody to do a main dish for December next week. Um, yeah, so that's next weekend, believe it or not, December 1st. Um, so go ahead and sign up um, and let them know that you can help with that. Um, also, next weekend begins Advent. So I've had um, just, I have two Sundays of Advent that someone would like to read on. So if you would like to um, be part of the Advent celebration as we um, wait for the coming of our, of our King, um, then go ahead and let me know and I will work you into the services. Um, other announcements. Um, the finance committee will have a brief meeting in this back room after church um, to go ahead and vote on the budget that we were discussing Monday night um, and, and just finish out that, that conversation. Um, and the finance committee in that vein would also like to know real quick, we have our focus on the family today um, that's in your bulletins in the once a month. Um, I would love a showing of hands from all of you. If any buddy is reading this resource and it is useful at this point in your life, go ahead and raise your hand. Yes, we have several. Okay, good, good. All right. We just wanted to make sure that it was still a, a good touch point for this congregation um, and that, you know, a different resource wouldn't be more appropriate. But that's good for us to know. Um, are there any other announcements today? All right. Well, will we stand as we begin our service of worship with our call to worship? Will you rise? Brothers and sisters, we are gathered here to worship God, our creator. We are gathered here in the name of Christ Jesus, our redeemer. We are gathered to listen for the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We are people who are formed by scripture. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now let us pray. God of faithfulness, your servant Josiah, restored your holy words to a people longing for your guidance. Help us learn your scriptures so that we might carry your words in our hearts, in our words, and in our actions. Amen. And will you remain standing as we sing together our opening call to worship and song, Thy Word.
And congregation, you may be seated as the choir continues our worship together with God of all my days. <laughs> no? <laughs> Karen's not here. That was a solo. We're, we're going to do the uh, offertory now. I surrender all. Well, then truly, in the way of the Methodist exercise program, will you rise again as we get our steps in? But more importantly, as we offer our hearts before the Lord today in worship and sing together, I surrender all.
Let us pray. Oh, blessed Savior, what more can we say? What more can we pray than what we have just sung? God, we surrender all to you. Lord, we ask that you would be the lamp unto our feet today, that you would guide us in your word, that we would, you would take these humble offerings that we are giving you today and that you would multiply them, show us the way in which we are to walk, lead us in the path of salvation, and let these offerings be a blessing not just to us and not just to the glory of your name, but to, to the spreading of your kingdom and, and to the gospel message um, being shared. Father, um, we offer these gifts and we offer ourselves in humble thanks. Amen. You may be seated. She made her way to Jesus. She stumbles through the tears that made her blind. She felt such pain. Some spoke in anger, heard folks whisper, there's no place here for her kind. Still on she came. Through the shame that flushed her face Until at last she knelt before his feet Though she spoke no word Everything she said was heard As she poured her love for the master From her box of alabaster I can't forget the way life used to be. I was a prisoner to the sin that had me bound. I spent my days 
Amen and amen. Praise be to God. Will you rise? It's God from whom all blessings And as they go down, I'm also going to go get your prayer list because I've been too social today, not been doing my job. <laughs> this is why my birthday only happens once a year. I'd get too distracted. <laughs> as we um, open our time of sharing our, our praises and our concerns, as always, we would like to start with a praise today. Um, so does someone have a praise to lift up? I know, I do have that praise, and I'm thankful that my family's here. Yes, Hunter. Weezy Pan.
permission. Oh, praise God. Praise God. That is wonderful news. And I'm, I know that she was thankful to have you all there with her and thankful for that news. And we give God the glory. Give God the glory. Are there other praises we lift up today? Yes. Yes. I was very happy to see them still going strong today. And as a reminder of, of the goodness and the life of God. Um, and we give praise for the beautiful music this morning. I know that I'm not the only one touched by by all of our songs today. So praise God. Okay, that's right. We share one. Thank you. I applaud you all. You kept a good pace. That was good, acapella. <laughs> Other praises we lift up today. Well, I would read those names we have on the prayer list, and then I'll ask you to offer up others that we need to be remembering in prayer this week. Vicki Johnson, Wade Thacker, Gene Steffens, Stevens, excuse me, um, Jerome Cook, Todd Cook, Bill Dyer, Gail Garrison, Elizabeth Lapointe, Chris Farmer, Vicki Cassell, Julia Hedrick, and Pat Hancock. Um, and I would add to here um, Elizabeth's daughter, Betty Fizzleton, we continue to keep in prayer. Are there others that we lift up today? Yes, sir. Bobby. Yes. Roslyn. Continue to pray for Roslyn. Wonderful. Well, we praise God for Sparky and, and for her birthday. Um, and I am thankful, Paula, that you are here again. We'll continue to keep you in prayer. Keep both the Pattersons and, of course, your whole family. But we keep both of you in prayer for, for your health this week. No, thank you for lifting up Linda George as well. Um, she's not in the hospital. She's in Riverside. Um, room, I want to say 18, but I'm really bad with numbers. Um, <laughs> it is 18. Okay. She's in Riverside 18, um, and I know that she's been 
she's been being herself there, trotting around, hanging out with Julia, friend Julia, and things. So, um, but we continue to keep her and her husband David in prayer because he is up there um, all hours of the night and day taking care of her. So we keep Lin- Linda and David George in prayer. Are there others that we lift up today? We pray for traveling mercies for you all going to Florida. Eric and I will be going up to Richmond this week to see um, to see our niece again, really. All the rest of them, too, but the niece mostly. Um, <laughs> we are, we are, yeah. Uh, but traveling mercies for all of, all of you and, and those, our families who might be coming in to see you all um, this week being a big traveling week. We're praying for safe travel. Um, others that we lift up today. And granny, that's right. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was. We were laughing, reminiscing that even when we went to Israel, everybody called her granny. She gets mail to granny. She is granny. <laughs> uh, well, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise today that we have the great privilege, the great joy, the great honor of coming into your house and lifting up our voices in song, that we have the great honor of coming into your house and laying down our burdens before your cross and your throne. Father, we have the great honor of being called children, of knowing your love every day of the week, Lord, of having your light shine a path for us into the future. God, we thank you. Oh, we thank you today, Father for your great love in our life, for the great sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the continued guidance of your Holy Spirit, um, without whom we would truly be lost. So thank you, God. Thank you. We give you praise as we celebrate um, good news of of healing and of remission, um, Father, of birthdays reached and loved ones who make a difference in our lives. Um, we, We can see your hand all over our lives when we Um, when we learn to look for you. So, Father, we ask that you would continue to teach us to see see you in our lives. Um, Let us continue being formed in your scriptures and in your word that um, we might continue to become people truly after your own heart and your own word. Father, we confess today um, that we have failed in in that regard in many ways, Um, some ways we don't even know, God, uh, because... Our hearts are so broken, we can't even, can't even see all of the brokenness. Um, but we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you that you continue to heal us and shape us, that you have not given up on us, but that you are a God who um, makes beautiful, beautiful things out of our messes, God. Um, we pray today for those that we have lifted up before you um, out loud and now in the quiet of our hearts. Lord, because we know you as the God who can um, bring dead things back to life, um, we pray with the certainty of your power for these people, uh, that whatever they are going through, whatever illness, whatever mountain they face, um, Lord, whatever trouble is ahead of them, that you can make that path 
smooth for them, that you can heal them, that your mighty power will be poured out, um, that your grace will be known, and that your peace will be sufficient, God. We ask that you would make us your hands and feet where we are called to be. Um, give us spirits, not of a timidity, God, but of power and love and self-control that we might have the courage to speak a word of truth where it is needed, to speak a word of love and to, to wrap someone in the love that they need to feel this week. Father, we pray for this church. Continue to give us your vision. Continue to speak your life into us. God, may we continue to seek after you and may you show us clearly what you want for us as a community. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. both today. We'll see if I get the scriptures right. I had them. I will tell you, I had them wrong this week. Linda had to email me and she goes, you know, there is no 23rd chapter in first Kings. It's because we're in second Kings today. Um, we are in second Kings. Um, we are going to read the story of King Josiah, which spans a couple chapters of second Kings. So we'll be reading a selection of verses from chapter 22 and chapter 23. Um, but I welcome you to go home and to read the whole section um, if you find yourself struck by King Josiah and by his um, actions in the scriptures today. Um, but beginning in chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidiah, daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of his father David, who did not turn aside to the right or to the left. The high priest Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. When Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan to read it, then Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to the king, your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of the workers who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, the priest Hilakai has given me a book. Shaphan then read it aloud to the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded the priest Hilakiah, Achim, son of Shephan, Akbor, son of Milcah, Shephan, the secretary, and the king's servant, Ashiah, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that have been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our ancestors did not obey the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. Then continuing in chapter 23. Then the king directed that all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem should be gathered to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him went all the people of Judah, all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord, keeping his commandments, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul.
to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. All the people joined in the covenant. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Amen. Let us pray. Father, sometimes it is that we forget your words, um, that they become dusty words on a page sitting on a shelf somewhere. So, Father, whether um, our Bibles have grown dusty or whether the pages are worn from us loving your word, we ask that you would um, bring your word to life anew in us today. Um, that like King Josiah discovering once more your holy scriptures, that our hearts would be set afire within us today. Take these words that I am about to speak, God, um, and whether through me or in spite of me, um, speak to us all today that we might grow in truth, grow in love, and grow in righteousness towards you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, as you can see on your bulletin, if for no other reason, today is Christ the King Sunday. And that means that today, um, before we enter into what is the beginning of the Christian year, Advent is the beginning of the Christian year, um, today is the last Sunday of the Christian year. And so today, we remember together that Christ is our King. And so today, we read the scriptures about another king, a king of Israel, who for the first time in generations is a king after David's own heart. A king after the heart of Jesus, though he's not even yet born. A king who, like Jesus, reigns for us. A king who reigns rightly over his people. Josiah is the name of that king today. And the scriptures will tell us that he is the first king who has reigned rightly for a long, a long time. Josiah takes the throne over Judah, which you might remember is the southern kingdom, when he is only eight years old. But by the time he is maturing, by the time he's coming into his own, he becomes a king who is faithful to the Lord, and he works to rule the people in a way so as to lead them to genuine worship, genuine knowledge of God, just as Christ our King rules over us today, not to lord it over us, but so that we might come into a genuine relationship with his Father. Josiah, in order to rule his people rightly, took stock of where they were. He looked around him. He looked not just at what was going on in the streets, but he looked at the buildings and he looked at what those buildings said about his people. Most of all, he looked at the temple. And he decided that his people needed restoration. Perhaps a word that we would be more familiar with today is revival. Right? We like that word, revival. Revivals become so popular here in America that we have one like almost every other weekend for a while, right? Um, that we, we want revival. We want to see a new thing done. We want God's spirit to fall in a new way. We want to move forward with God. That's the thrust of the revival. But for King Josiah, revival isn't something the people are yet familiar with. Revival is still new. It's still scary 
It's still a transformation, a real radical reimagining of how the people of God could come and worship, of how they could know God. Josiah uh, looks around him, and he decides that they need real change in order to know God. Of course, over the last few weeks, we've been reading a lot about corruption and idolatry in the northern kingdom. And even though Josiah is ruling over the southern kingdom, we can imagine that many similar things are happening around him as we have been reading about the last couple of weeks. We certainly know that the kings are ruling unjustly before Josiah. We know that idolatry is mixed in. We know that there is corruption, injustice all around. We can understand why Josiah would look around and say that his people needed revival. He decides that they need to restore things in the way of the Lord, is what the scripture says. In the way of the Lord, we need to build things anew. And so he looks at the temple the temple that has fallen into disrepair. And he decides to start with a physical restoration of the building. We kind of skipped over some of those scriptures today, but we did read where it says about that he gave money to the high priest to do those sorts of restorations. And we can understand the need to restore a building. Our space reflects our values, Right? The things that we pour our money, our time, our energy into say something about us. When I first came to be your pastor and to worship with you all here, one of the first things that I did was I looked around at this beautiful space. And I took note of the things that are important to you all. One of the first things that I noticed is that when you drive up to this building, you can't see these beautiful stained glass windows. They're covered with protectors, and over the years, those protectors have gotten dirty. And so from the outside, you can no longer see the beauty of this sanctuary. Over the years, those protectors have dimmed the light that comes in through this beautiful windows. And yet they preserve the beauty of the windows, frozen exactly as they are, so they're sure not to be damaged. I'll let you draw your conclusions about what you think that says about what you value, but I noticed it. I noticed other things as well in this space. I noticed that when I first came, we began renovating the former preschool spaces. It says something about the changing phase of life of this congregation, doesn't it? that we need a space where people could meet and grieve more than we do in office to guide our youth. It's nothing wrong, it just reflects who we are. The screens and the keyboard in this space kind of surprised me. They told me that you are indeed willing to try new things. You're excited about the future, that there is progress being made here because many small churches haven't put screens in yet. Everything in our space reflects something about who we are. And when Josiah looked at the temple, he saw the stones crumbling on the outside. He saw the altar that had gotten sort of disheveled. It wasn't kept clean or organized or decorated. 
he saw that the wood at the railing had begun rotting away. And Josiah realized that the state of the temple said something about the state of his people. So he began to call in his secretary, and he told his secretary, call in the carpenters, the masons, the builders, have them buy new stone and fresh lumber. He says, don't bother about turning in receipts. I trust you. I want the job done right. I will spare no expense. There's no need to stay under budget. I just want it done. He trusts them. He is ready for the building to reflect properly upon the glory of the Lord and for it to remind the people of the importance of the role the Lord has played in bringing to them to this point. Josiah says no expense is to be spared when we are glorifying the Lord. But then this young king learns a really hard lesson about leadership. He learns that restoration is not that easy. <laughs> While they're giving that temple a facelift, on the outside, the priests discover a scroll that's been stored away in the library in the basement that has dust all on it. As they're cleaning out all those old things they don't need anymore, they find this book of scripture, the book of the law, Josiah calls it, what we would today call Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy, he hears again, well, for the first time in his lifetime, the central message of the people of Israel, the scripture that today is still the truth of the Jewish community that is, binds them together, that is bound upon their hearts. He hears these words in the scripture. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. In the midst of doing cosmetic repairs, Josiah discovers scriptures that make his heart burn. Josiah is convicted that it's not just the appearance of a temple that needs restoration, but it's the hearts of the people themselves that have to be transformed. The people have forgotten the Lord our God is one. They have forgotten that there is no other God besides the Lord. Josiah realizes that he can clean and tidy the outside of the temple as much as he wants, but in order to glorify the Lord, and take the people down a path that leads to the ways of the Lord. He needs to do the restoration of heart and spirit as well as the restoration of the brickwork. I wonder today, church, do our hearts burn within us? Even if we are people after Jesus' own heart, just like the scriptures tell us Josiah was a man after David's own heart. We still need reform. The physical reforms, they're easy to seek. We can, and the chair of our trustees can be sure to tell you, you do notice and point out and want change. The things in this building that need restoration. It's easy to see how the years take their toll on physical buildings. Not, this, not just this church. It happens everywhere. The years take a toll on physical buildings. It's easy to see that. It's easy to see what is lost in the passage of time. 
And as hard as it is for us to pull ourselves together and keep the building up and continue making repairs, my dear brothers and sisters, that's the easy part of restoration. It's also easy to see what's been lost in the broader church or even in other denominations that aren't our own. It's easy to sit at a distance and observe Christianity worldwide and know what people are doing wrong. As Christ said, the speck in someone else's eye is a lot easier to see than the log in our own. But what reform do we need? Where is God causing our hearts to burn? What scriptures have we forgotten? We want our hearts on fire. It's funny how that's a good phrase, isn't it? I want to be on fire for the Lord. Right? I want to be on fire for Christ. But a heart on fire requires that that heart burns. That that heart burns within our chest. That that heart is convicted that it needs to change in order to be a heart in the way of the Lord. We want Christ to be in our midst. We want him to walk with us and to talk with us and to tell us we are his own. But have you ever noticed in the scriptures, everywhere Christ goes, he is teaching and explaining and convicting and calling people to transform their lives. If we want Christ in our midst, then we are inviting him to come in and cause our hearts to burn within us cause our hearts to be convicted that they need to change. We want to be on fire, church. But are we ready for the burning that comes with it? When the scripture declares to us, Hear, O church, that the Lord our God is one, and thus that Jesus is Lord over our whole lives. Are we ready to hear it? Are we ready to look at our lives and think about where we fall short of honoring that very short scripture with a very profound claim upon our lives? If Jesus is Lord, Lord over it all, where do we fall short? Where do we need reform? Where do we need to call in the carpenters and the masons and the builders and build Jesus up once more to the status of king? While we are looking to renovate this building, what needs renovation in here? If we are to walk in the ways of the Lord, what scriptural truths have we forsaken for our own comfort for our own complacency, for our own ease? What in our own individual hearts and lives do we refuse to turn over to the Lord? Our children, our health, our finances, our future, our food or drink or entertainment? Where have we slowly strayed until the practices of our lives are unrecognizable 
the God who created us for goodness. I ask this not because we are a people of the law. I ask this because we are a people who serves a resurrected Savior who wants to bring our dead faces back to life. God calls us to worship him as Lord over all, Lord before all, not because it's the law, but because it is what is best for us. It is where the fullness of our life is. It is where our greatest joy is. Where do we in our own individual lives need to turn ourselves over to the Lord once more so that we might experience the fullness of his blessings? And where in our church, where as a body of believers do we need reform? Where have the practices of the past that, yes, once bore fruit, where have they now become stagnant relics or even idols of wood and stone that need to be revitalized and replaced with the worship of the one true God? Where have our practices of worship grown stale? What motions do we go through as we practice the Methodist exercise program? <laughs> right? What motions do you go through without ever thinking about them or feeling them or knowing that you are doing them because you are worshiping the one true God. Where have we grown stale, church? Where do we need reform? If we want to walk in the ways of the Lord, if we want to be a people after the heart of our King Jesus, if we want to be a people who are on fire for the Lord, if we want to be a people who are spreading the gospel, who are proclaiming the good news, and who are bringing them into our doors, then we must look to reform and reshape and revitalize both our spiritual practices and our physical place of worship. The Lord our God is one. And he is Lord, yes, over the physical world he created. But he is also Lord over our hearts and our souls and our minds and our bodies. Our Lord is one. And so we need to reform our lives as one. As if the physical and the spiritual are connected. Because they are, church. We cannot divorce ourselves from the church around us, from the building, from our bodies, because they are created by God to be instruments used for his glory. But we cannot be so concerned about what we look like that we forget how we are formed on the inside. I was struck as Dolly sang today in the beginning of your song, as that woman comes in, you remember Jesus is eating with some very important folks. And they are very concerned about the way her worship looks. She doesn't look very pulled together. She doesn't look very proper. She doesn't look right. And certainly those Pharisees, those Sadducees, those rulers of the law, their temple was beautiful. They looked right. But that is not enough, church. 
it is not enough for us to be concerned with the things that are crumbling in the hallway if there are things crumbling in our hearts as well. So church, I ask you today, can you feel your hearts burning within your chest? When Jesus Christ was raised, he walked on the road to Emmaus. And he walked there with two men, two Jewish men. And they were talking about what had been going on around them in the world. About the trials and the tribulations of their time. About the crucifixion of the Messiah. But Jesus asked them, what are you talking about? And they, like us today, say, haven't you been watching the news? Don't you know about the evil going on in the world? And instead, Jesus turns to Scripture. And he points to himself in all the Scriptures. And the Bible tells us that their hearts burned within them. They were convicted. They were convicted that they were not looking towards Christ, but they were looking to the storm and the evil of the world. Their hearts burned within them because the presence of Christ in their midst convicted them that they had to reform their lives. They had to transform their viewpoint. They could no longer look at the trouble of the world when the resurrected Savior was in their midst. If you want to burn with the fire of the Holy Spirit, your heart has to burn first. Burn ready to be changed. Burn ready to be convicted. Burn ready to be reformed. So church, that is my prayer for us, not just today, but always. That we would be ready to burn, ready to be transformed, ready to be shaped that we might be vessels ready for the Holy Spirit to set on fire. Amen. As we come to a close of our worship today, I ask that we would give ourselves over to God in song. So will you stand as we sing together, Have Thine Own Way, Lord.
peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen. Amen.